love, hate, and hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Oh my gosh, Shelby. Tr- today, today is we had the exterminator come out to my apartment. <laughs> it's raining here. Oh. It's a Monday. Oh. You know. What a bummer. That's what I, however, I did, I went on a little walk this afternoon and I saw a whole line of people uh, doing early voting here in oh, New York. Cute. So I was like, good for you guys. Yeah, like, you have a chance they're of getting seeing together. a celebrity. Like Timothy Chalamet was in line yesterday at um Yeah, I don't Madison think he's Square. in, I don't think he's in Queens, you know? <laughs> I'm not sure true. how many celebrities are out here oh, in Queens voting, Ugh, but yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll scope it out. <laughs> you walk into the city, so you can yeah, just start trolling the lines near major, um, you know, uh, places where celebrities would vote. Yes, and, and go down to like the West Village and figure yeah. out where the, <laughs> the where the celebs the would be voting. District. I mean, it'd be hard to recognize them. I feel like so. Maybe there's more of them out there than we even know. Because... Well, they probably have masks on, yeah. and well, I mean, they definitely have masks on, but like glasses, a hat. Yeah, yeah you have no idea who it could be under there. How exciting! <laughs> it could be Timothy Chalamet, could be Louis C.K. You yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to roll the dice on those. Yeah, you got. It's got to say six feet away. So, are you at least a that's New York resident, or are you? Well. <laughs> Funny Uh you should ask, Shelby, because this has been a whole saga. Uh, I am not. I'm registered to vote in Michigan. So I voted uh, absentee in Michigan, which is great because Michigan is a swing state and New York is not. (laughs) Um, But my driver's license is set to expire on my Mm. birthday this year. And I'm not going to be home in Michigan before then. So I have to get a new driver's license in New York City. But then I also, my passport is expiring, so I have to get a new passport. And then I also decided that I was going to do TSA pre-check because (laughs) through my credit card, I can do that for free. Like, they reimburse you if you have Capital One. You got a lot of travel plans coming up? Well, I don't, but I was like, I was like, let me do this. And no one else is trying to get TSA pre-check right Right. now, so it's very easy to get one of those appointments, you know, at the airport. However, the problem is that it, for each of those three things, you need like all of the forms of ID. <laughs> so I had to really like strategize as to, OK, I'm going to do the TSA pre-check and then I'm going to use the passport to get the new driver's license and then I'm going <laughs> to mail in the. Pa- so it's been a whole it's been a whole hullabaloo. But what I will be a New York voter in the next election. But in this one, I was still voting for Michigan in Michigan. <sighs> How exciting. Yeah, I got I got my New York ID um, midway through because of a similar sitch. So. The DMV mm-hmm. there is not fun, but yeah, that's what I've where heard. Is it fun anywhere? So, how is voting in Texas? Um, I mean, it's been good. Uh, early voting has been open for over a week now, which I think is a pretty. I think it's one of the earlier states to do it, um, which is good because you don't have absentee options as easily here. And so, in Houston, like there hasn't been too many lines that I've heard of or noticed like there's so many polling locations so we just walked into the one near us and we were done in like three minutes so oh my gosh <laughs> so perfect. low hassle yeah it's been nice there's been I guess record numbers of early voters in Texas and at first I was like yeah way to go but then there's this article that was like you know MAGA are early voting too and I was like oh <laughs> well everyone's early voting because of COVID you yeah. know it's yeah. I feel like 
I feel like I saw some things that were sort of like, everyone is voting in this election. More voters than ever. Look at all this early voter turnout. And I was like, yeah, but usually no one votes early because usually <laughs> no one is scared of dying uh, by voting. Right, right. Exactly. There's higher so, stakes in yes. every way. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see <laughs> if like what is happens when all of the numbers I come know. in, I guess. I guess that's next week. Wait. Yeah, next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Next Tuesday. Oh, we have the day off that day. Oh, congratulations. Which I already voted, so I'm sort of like, <laughs> what am I going to do with myself? Just but emotionally we'll see. prepare for a for a tough I know. night, I guess. <laughs> for a tough like seven weeks, yeah. I feel like. Oh, I was yeah. I was I truly should not have done this, but I went and was sort of Googling like, will we know the results that <laughs> night? And they were and, and I was finding things that were like, we no. may not know yeah. results until January. You know, it was like, oh gosh, yeah. I am not ready for the for the hellscape <laughs> and emotional turmoil that's going to be I like know. a contentious re- election results. I was like, this needs to be a clean sweep, please. Oh, I know. I mean, maybe if Texas flips, then then you really can't argue with that like number of electoral votes. So if right, there's but a ha- miracle like that, then maybe, maybe. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I guess you could also argue. Any, yeah. You have to count the ballots and whatever. Blah, 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 blah. That's, while we're talking about civic duty and, you know, <laughs> voting, which you should all be doing, you should also all be leaving us a review because we did not have oh, one yes. this week, which yeah. again, rude on your part. However... Shelby said that we got a DM on Instagram, which we'll take at this point, I guess. We did. Yeah, it was good enough. (laughs) Um, I have to pull it up. I was unprepared. Um, So it was from Isadora, who is a fan from Italy. So (laughs) who knew? Love that. Someone having a better uh, November probably than we will. But I don't um, know. I think that covid is like really wreaking havoc in europe yeah, again it's coming back so they know how to deal with it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't have the election on top of it yeah i but guess anyways well, i mean but do they don't we, i don't know when italy is voting on things like who knows yeah. we know nothing here in Mich- er, in the u.s we're idiots yeah, i know we're so we're not worldly enough but they said big fan of the podcast here pop culture roundup gets me through mondays honestly which great, love to hear it. Always a fan. But then she asked us if we've ever considered talking about the Emily in Paris, the new Netflix show that everyone's everyone's watching, everyone's talking about it. Um, she suggested it might make for a funny episode, as she herself can't decide if she loves it or hates it. I've heard the same thing. It's one of those. I don't know why I can't like motivate myself to watch it because I love a good hate watch and like. I mean, clearly the bar is low on this podcast for what we will cover, especially this year. So there's really no reason I haven't attempted to watch Emily in Paris, but I just haven't attempted to watch Emily in Paris. Yeah, I haven't either. And it feels like I could really fill that sort of politician spot that, you know, I love (laughs) just like a disaster of a television show. But for whatever, I have found that in the last couple of weeks, I have been very unmotivated to watch any TV. I've like, which is like Fargo is on. I'm like an episode behind that. I haven't watched any of The Bachelor yet. (laughs) I'm like barely keeping up with Big Brother. I don't understand like if my time is disappearing more rapidly than usual or like what I am doing necessarily. Depression is creeping in, man. Well, I've I've also been plowing through Dune, the book. So I think maybe that's just, you know, 900 pages of sucking up my time. (laughs) 
But then I think to myself, well, Shelby has probably read 15 books in the time that I've read Dune, mm-hmm. and she manages to watch all of this TV. Yeah. So really, what am I doing differently? Yeah. No, the question is probably, what am I neglecting? You know, I uh, I should be doing more productive things as because you have. You oh, like it. me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm very productive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're signing off on like book cover art and like uh, <laughs> blurbs and your bio. So I that get is it. true. I get it. You've been busy. <laughs> yes. My book does come out marathoner all about marathoning on April 6th. So Something to look forward to. Yes. If, <laughs> if you want to go pre-order a copy, like good for you. Yeah. Great. Love it forever. <laughs> Um, but yes, leave us a review. Follow us on social media. We're at PS You're Wrong on Instagram and Twitter. We had a giveaway this past weekend, which was very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have more of those in the future. Who can say? But yes. And also you can uh, ra- um, send us an email at PS You're Wrong at gmail.com if you have oh, yeah. more thoughts on Emily in Paris or anything <laughs> else that you feel like we should discuss. <laughs> Yeah. Is that the end of our episode or uh, <laughs> we're just wrapping up now? Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> no, I was We're done for the week. I Thank you. Goodbye. To talk about this story. It was really important okay. to me. Okay. 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 Um, okay. I can't remember if we mentioned it in passing or not because this has been like a long brewing tale, a saga, if you will. But on Twitter, there was a viral tweet um, that was like basically one Chris has to go and it was Chris Evans, Chris hemsworth chris pine and chris pratt and this is an age-old question that i think we've honestly asked like multiple times on i think our we've show. decided that it was chris pratt that oh, yeah. needed to go that's like honestly i'm a, answer I'm a chris always. hemsworth stan <laughs> i'm chris pine i would i would right, trade all yes. the chrises for pine but anyways it's it's just like a, a question we've seen before and, and again but it it sort of got some heat to it this time i think because chris pratt has managed to kind of i mean he hasn't been vocal about politics first of all but he also had that sort of misstep with his joke about voting in the people's choice awards oh, and then yes. he hasn't participated in some of these marvel driven like biden events or more liberal events and so people have started to assume or question that he's more conservative leaning that he might be a trump supporter like blah 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 there's a lot of a stipulation about uh, where he falls on the political spectrum with his you know more conservative and religious angle and so a lot of tweets that were like oh chris pratt would go immediately ended up also mentioning like well i'm gonna get rid of this guy because he's part of this church or this whatever so it became more of a heated argument i guess than just passing like fancy and yes, so like who's e- the hottest yeah, or whatever. <laughs> exactly. And so E News on their Instagram just like posted it and was like, oh fun, like which one's gotta go type thing. And Chris Pratt's wife, who I guess knew what the general consensus was, got in the comments and was like, Isn't there enough hate in this world? Like, should we really be focusing on this? Like, why all the negative energy? <laughs> and was gunning for her man, like, congrats to her. But then it got even weirder because what really was just kind of a flash in the social media site, like news cycle, 
suddenly got more and more traction because out of nowhere, like these other Marvel stars came out in defense of Chris Pratt, which again was just over this singular tweet that was like, which Chris has got to go. And so Mark Ruffalo was like, oh, Chris Pratt is such a good man. Like, let's not pit Chris's against each other. Robert Downey Jr. was like, yeah, I love my man, Chris. Like, he's a good guy. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, everyone's suddenly standing up for Chris Pratt. And I was like, okay, weird use of your energy right now. But also, where was this sort of energy when Brie Larson was being attacked earlier this year for her YouTube or whatever it was? Like, like why is <laughs> LOL, this? LOL, <laughs> Brie Larson on YouTube. Yeah. God, a lot of... Sometimes I do watch those videos tweet? and I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> you're, still, you're still not subscribed, but you'll check in on her. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it seems like a weird snowball effect for this to have brought up such sort of turmoil for Chris that maybe he reached out to his friends and was like, please <laughs> give me a good word. Give me a shout out on your Instagram, Mark Ruffalo. I need you. But I guess he was feeling it or his wife was or I people mean, just thought there was a line crossed at some point. Here's the thing, Shelby, <laughs> is that you have a fairly unique name so you have never probably had to go through this as much but as someone named Matthew I will tell you that there's lots of situations where you end up in a group with Mm. other people who have the same name and there is just a general rivalry of like (laughs) I need to be the best Matt in the group and if we could get rid of the other Matts that would be great so that I don't have to you know deal with this did your high school do one of those superlatives that's like the best Matt and you lost or something (laughs) Oh, no, no, they did not do that. And I would not have lost if that was the case. I was very popular. I don't know. We've gotten some reviews from one of seven year old high school. Friends, so <laughs> I remember those. I, 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 at, at prom, I won like, um, I can't remember if it was like class clown or funniest or something along that line. It was like, it was like a funny, it was the funny award. Right. There was yeah. like best dressed. There was, there was three of them. And the other two were definitely like the ones that you wanted. And then it was sort of like, <laughs> and then the weirdest person. And that's the one I won. So Congrats. exciting. Yeah. Glad I had a brand though. Yeah. Uh, but no, you. it is it is very taxing. So maybe Chris Pratt is just over yeah. being lumped in with all these Chris's, especially when the other three Chris's I think are just like more generally attractive you know what i mean (laughs) and he knows it like chris pratt is the most normal looking of the four chrises so i don't i mean i guess yeah i mean he's sort of jacked now right but the other three have been good looking for forever yeah 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 and chris pratt is sort of like a late (laughs) a late bloomer if you will yeah poor chris yeah he's really still trying to to find his footing in the in the uh, realm of studs in in Hollywood. So I guess, you know, maybe he does deserve, as his wife said, a little bit more love and understanding and patience in these in these days. But speaking of studs in the Marvel Universe, I would just like to briefly point (laughs) out that it was announced over the weekend that Creed 3 <laughs> will be coming out and that Michael B. Jordan is not only starring in it, but is also directing it as his okay, directorial yeah. debut. And I was just like, could life get any better? Because 
the Creed franchise is one of my favorites, and I'm so excited to see what Michael B. Jordan does with it as like helming this project. So I, I am just fully invested, and was like this, like this is the casting news that I wanted. We've gotten so many weird casting decisions during Corona, and I was like, finally, something that I can fully get behind and be invested in. I know it'll be interesting because I feel like the last one wrapped up pretty nicely. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I wonder how they'll tie in the Stallone story because he kind of bowed out, I felt like, didn't he? Yeah, that's what he said in the last, <laughs> after the last one that he wasn't going to do anymore. But yeah. I, I feel like just if you are a Rocky fan, the third right. a Rocky movie in the original franchise, like the main gist of it is that Rocky's trainer dies in the <laughs> middle of the movie. And so I feel oh, like no. the movies, the Creed movies has sort of been mirroring the Rocky movies. So I feel like the, in this movie, if Sylvester Stallone does not want to be in it, then they'll just sort of like kill him off off screen and Rock, Aaron Creed will be dealing with that. But otherwise, Creed, I could see a situation... In which, like, this is the last Rocky movie because Rocky dies in it. So we'll right. shall see. But I think no, it will be good exciting. either way. And him and Tessa Thompson, mm, so good. Oh, oh, my gosh. You know what's funny is we, my siblings and my husband and I were trying to pick a scary movie to watch. And I'm mm-hmm. like a baby about it. And everyone had different tastes. And we were just talking and talking forever and ever and couldn't decide. And so finally, we just threw on the, like, 2007, like, When a Stranger Calls. <laughs> Have you uh-huh. seen it? Have you watched it? I don't it? think so. It's like Camille Bell. It's very, very bad. It has 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, um, great. And it's like about a babysitter being stalked or whatever. But Tessa Thompson plays like a BFF in the beginning, like high school scene uh. where she's setting it up. And I was like, oh my gosh, Tessa, you just like exploded out of this sad, sad cast of people. And like, congrats to you and all that you've accomplished. So. If people want to see how she started, it was in When a Stranger Calls <laughs> in a big role that. as a BFF. Other weird casting news. Jared Leto is <sighs> apparently coming back to reprise the yeah. role of Joker in the new revamped Snyder cut of the Justice League. And it's like, if we thought that movie had any hope to it, why would you bring back the most hated character from Suicide Squad? Like, I just am so confused with what's going on with this project, and I really have lost all interest in it. No, you'll gain interest once there's a director's cut of the director's cut, so you'll see. I mean, I'll watch it at some point, but... (laughs) Why did people complain about this? It was high art, everything about it. Amazing. Look, Suicide Squad, the director's cut, is good, (laughs) and people should just acknowledge that fact. That is a good movie, I think. Um, But I did want to bring up uh, Bachelorette. I... um, as you said, you haven't watched it, which is a travesty. I have not. It I know. Has been I'm so delightful. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I know. We're like two episodes in, and um, and it's on Tuesdays now, which is throwing off my entire like schedule. But two episodes in, Claire is still in it. Obviously, they haven't officially announced Tasia yet, but she is just. Oh, I love it so much. Everything about it, the production value of them being stuck at this one resort that really isn't that nice, if I'm being honest. Like it's like <sighs> it's like you go in the gyms and the like the restaurants and everything looks a little bit like tacky if I'm if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be straight, like don't bother staying at the La Quinta when it opens to the public. 
Okay. But <laughs> she has been ruffling some feathers with like her strong woman stance. And some people think she's taking it too far and not giving the guys real chances. Like she got mad at him for not immediately pulling, fighting to pull her aside at a cocktail hour. And instead they were just having fun as a group. And she was like, you're here for me, not for your friends. And then she just will like send people home really fast. She pulls out roses whenever she wants. And I am loving it. I think she is a very interesting bachelorette. And I'm kind of like interested to see how it transitions to Tasia halfway through this. But man, oh man, like I am, I am all for this like quarantine content. I think they pulled off something really magical this season. Did Do you know already which one is the guy that she's going to leave with? Oh, yeah. That's the other thing is like, I mean, the rumor is that she leaves with this contestant, Dale, and that's her true love or whatever. And so everyone kind of knew that going into the season. But then immediately, like immediately when he comes out of the limo, she has this like freaking love at first sight moment. And she's like all breathy and like nervous and like obsessed with him to the point of like sort of. It's, like, funny to watch because she's so into him immediately and he's trying to, like, talk to her and she's just, like, googly eyes, like, trying to touch him and, like, kiss him and stuff, which is just an about face because usually the contestants are really the ones right. who are going hard. And um, and I think it'll be interesting because the whole angle now is that she is one singularly focused on Dale and the other contestants are like, why am I even here? And they get all jealous and sad and, and <laughs> she's not subtle about it. So I can see kind of why the producers immediately were like, oh, no, like Claire's not going to play this cool. She's not going to be chill. She's not going to let us like, you know, slow things down for the sake of production. We have to figure out something or else this season is just going to be over in three episodes, which I think it, it'll end up blowing up. So. When you saw Rob for the first time, did you get, <laughs> was it a similar reaction? Um, you know, no, because he had a girlfriend at the time and I, uh, I. But even still, you <laughs> should have known, right? You're right. You're right. I, you know, I haven't had that experience, so I don't know if that's good or bad, but I think most people don't have the love at first sight, like instant <laughs> connection. And that's the other thing is the, the social media seems to be split on whether or not she actually talked to Dale before or not. It seems like maybe she didn't, but she definitely Oh, maybe they knew each him. other? No, no. But like, you know, they announced the cast and then it was delayed. And so there was like months where oh. they could have like started DMing each other or something. Gotcha. Or just like fully stalking someone on Instagram. Exactly. So Because I, I can think fall happened... in love with someone in about five minutes <laughs> yeah. that way. That's exactly what I think happened. I don't think she talked to him. I don't think she DMed him. I think she respected the rules of the game or whatever that way. But I think she definitely was stalking these guys on social media and became enamored with Dale as a person as he presented himself. And so when he turned out to also be hot in person, then she was just a goner. Well, there you go. True love. <laughs> yeah, that's how it happens. Uh, but I'm excited for you to watch it. And I, uh, I hope we can do a full episode about it because I think it'll be a really delightful season. Oh, yes. 100% we will do a full <laughs> episode on it. I, w I will catch up and I will watch. I, I promise. The, okay. We don't have enough good stuff at this point <laughs> for me to block a Bachelor right. episode, oh, good, which I feel good, like good, good. would be peak content. Um, anything else or do you want to get into Love It or Hate It? 
Well, I guess we should mention that your beloved Quibi is officially canceled. Oh, yes. I saw this. Ugh, <laughs> Quibi. After six months, it's it's died. The founders released a statement that said the idea itself wasn't strong enough to justify a standalone <laughs> streaming service, which we all knew from yeah. the start. Uh, I think they're trying to blame it a lot on COVID, which... Mm. I- I think did hamper it, but at the same time, I don't think that it was ever going to last, especially when really what they were attempting to do. TikTok is doing so much better. Mm. Like it for those brief moments where you're on the subway or whatever, I am going to TikTok. I'm not going to watch a movie that's been sliced up into 12 yeah. pieces. Like there's just not the motivation there. Yeah, I've never watched a single episode of Quibi, and I just have zero motivation to to feel bad about it, I guess. But you liked some yeah. of it. I mean, I did. There were parts of it that were interesting, but I think ultimately what soured me on it was that I thought it was going to be a full TV show, you know, that would go on like for months and you'd be following oh, right. it, watching like five episodes or five minute chunks a day. But it wasn't. Basically, everything they did was just a movie <laughs> that was then chopped up into like 12 pieces. So you'd watch it for like a week and a half and then that would be done. And then you'd be and then you'd have to find something else to watch on the mm. app. So it's like I watched the things that I started watching for the most part. But then when they were done, I had no motivation <laughs> and I wasn't going to pay whatever the like. $15 a month or whatever it was to keep watching things that I really yeah. like had no motivation to watch. So well, good riddance, Quibi. Yeah. <laughs> Another victim of 2020. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what's your love it or hate it this week? Okay. This I feel like is a little off of left field for me because, oh. you know, I'm not a big m- music person like I am, but I'm not. I have like very basic taste. And honestly, I think this probably goes to that as well. <laughs> but I've recently discovered the album that came out like four years ago, Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves. Have you listened <laughs> to this, Shelby? No, this is like country though, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I feel like maybe you'd be into it. Um so yeah, usually I don't like country music, yeah. uh, but a friend was sort of like, oh, you should listen to this. And I was like, okay, I guess I will. So I pulled it up on Spotify and went through it. And this this was, this was won like album of the year at the mm-hmm. Grammys a couple of years ago, I think. So it was sort of a big like lauded album. But I just loved it so much. It's like country, but more... Like, it's not really poppy, but maybe more, like, folky country. It's not Mm. as twangy as, like, normal country. And it's just very chill and kind of cheery. It it has, like, a summer picnic, like, summer road trip kind of vibe to it. And just throughout this pandemic and quarantine, and now it's getting colder and drizzly in New York, (laughs) and this music is just so... Like, it just lifts my spirits in a weird way. And I have been listening to this album on repeat for, like, four weeks now. And am obsessed. And I am I am hoping that Casey Musgraves can beat out Taylor Swift as my top artist of the year after <laughs> I was forced to listen to Folklore, you know, a half dozen times for right, our episode. Forced, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm very into this album. And wow, I feel like... look at you. I mean, there's definitely... It's more country than Taylor Swift is obviously now and probably less country than Taylor Swift was when she was doing the full country thing. Mm. But there's definitely like a little bit of overlap there. So I feel like maybe you could get into it. 
Yeah, probably. I yeah, you know. Okay, I'll and it's good. It. And it's good. Just like put it on in the background while you're working music. You know what I mean? Right. Like it takes very yeah. little effort to listen to it. Yeah. Okay, that sounds doable. Um, to prove I am braver and better than you, I watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, I did not watch that yet. Yeah. Again, I, I have I no motivation to watch any <laughs> television. But this is from the same creators and really the same team. And they brought in a lot of the same actors as I think last year, maybe two years ago, The Haunting of Hill House, which was a huge hit for Netflix. Um, people were obsessed with it. It like inspired a lot of, you know, everything. Everyone was talking about it. And I watched that one, even though I'm a huge baby and I had to like watch scene by scene. I had to read scene by scene spoilers before watching Hill House, like on my phone out of the corner of my eye. And um, my sister wanted to watch this one because she heard Hill House was so scary. And I read up on this and I heard that, okay, Hill House is definitely scarier, but Bly Manor is more satisfying. So I was like, oh, this will be my jam. And you know, I actually really did enjoy it. And I think it was an interesting, it was an interesting sort of like, I don't know if you call it horror. I don't know this. I don't know the language for horror films sometimes, like what counts, you know, (laughs) but it's like a ghost story um, set over nine episodes about this haunted house and sort of the, you know, the whys and the who's of it all. And, um, and it follows this au pair who's babysitting two kids who turn out to be a little bit creepy and like all the different people in the house and like who's real, who's not, what's happening, why is it happening, how do we escape it? And I think it's really, really well done. Um, Hill House had so many more scares and like really memorable like visual terrors to it like different characters that would keep reappearing whereas this is much more atmospheric and kind of just I don't know just kind of like spooky and unsettling and less about like actual scares and more less horror and stuff but ultimately the story was just like surprisingly sweet and like tender and emotional and you're just really invested in these characters and there's a lesbian love story at the heart of it that is just like so I don't know. It was just refreshing to see that first of all and and to just watch it unfold and like everything about it just ended up building in such an interesting way that you could forgive sort of the slower moments and the less, um, mm-hmm. you know, less spooky season moments of it all because it does move a little slower. There's a lot of exposition that's required as they explain the ghost story and like whatever else. So I don't think it's like the perfect television show by any means, but it ultimately paid off in like a really interesting way. So I would definitely recommend it for, for people like me who don't love scary stuff, but maybe also people who love um, terrifying things, but are more open to the uh, more atmospheric sort of emotional horror as well. Mm. I've heard good things about this season. And one of the reasons why I was sort of, well, I didn't watch the first season. And another reason why I was sort of less excited to watch this is because it's based off of the book, The Turn of the Screw Mm, by Henry James, which not only have I read, but also the movie, The Turning, which came out earlier this year was also (laughs) based on that. So I was sort of like, how many different versions of like the nanny with two evil kids and ghosts do I need in my life right now? Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like the strangest thing that has come out of this 
is in all the podcasts I've been listening to that have covered, uh, what, Bly Manor? Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. I guess the director who did this or the showrunner or whatever also did the the Ewan McGregor, Stephen King movie, Dr. Sleep, which came out, Mm, I think, last year. And everyone's been like, that movie's great. It's so good. Like, such a masterpiece. And I was like, where was this when that came out? I never heard. Like, I heard nothing about that film. And I hadn't read the... Yeah, and I hadn't Mm. read the book. And so I didn't go see that movie. But now I'm sort of like, oh... What what I'm really motivated to do is go read <laughs> Doctor Sleep and then go watch that movie because everybody's talking about how good it is. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't. I heard about Did you Doctor see Sleep. It? No, 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 because that's too scary for me. And um, but I definitely heard of it. I think it's on something right now. Not that you care about that, but I think it's streaming free on like HBO or oh, okay, or one of those. Well, I have the book like here with me so i'm thinking about possibly yeah, diving I mean, in because you know i love a Stephen king read <laughs> yeah once i finish dune right, i'll then course, get to of that of course i mean that's what's i think interesting about it is that his the creator of these two netflix shows at least um they do just feel kind of refreshing and a pretty overdone you know genre that mm-hmm. horror can just feel like really predictable or overpacked or familiar and he manages to pull out some interesting threads and really highlight those and i think that's similar to how dr sleep was too yeah so lots of spooky things to watch <laughs> yeah. or if you're not into spooky you can just go listen to casey musgraves exactly. and sort of like melt into the summer sunshine <laughs> Uh, well, that is it for this episode. We'll be back on Thursday to discuss The Witches, <laughs> starring my beloved Anne Hathaway, uh, which I yes. cannot wait to talk about. There's so many weird things going on in that movie that oh, I just yeah. need to dive into. Uh, follow us on social media. Leave us a review, pretty please. And we will be back on Thursday. Bye, everybody. Bye.